Today, if you're visiting us for the very first time, it's a little bit unusual or, um, and a bit out of the ordinary. Uh, typically, uh, right, around, right about now, I'll get up and I'll preach a sermon and we uh, I'll respond in worship, collect offering, and go home. But today, I'm going to kind of set the stage for the church family to share testimonies, okay? And I'll tell you in a little bit uh, why we do that, but I want to go ahead and kind of set the backdrop And then for those of you that are familiar with what we do on this Sunday, begin prayerfully considering if God might be prompting you to share a word or two with your church family at the end of the service. All right? Uh, Open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 14. Um, I'm just going to jump in right here. Um, The title of today's sermonette intro is Remember. Remember. Okay? And we do this every year. So those of you that have been around for a while, this is a reminder. This is a reminder. Exodus chapter 14. This is, of course, the very famous and familiar text of God miraculously delivering the people of God, Israel. Verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with the strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with the wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. Verse 26, And the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back into its plates. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with the wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. Verse 31, when the Israelites saw the great power of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they put their trust in him. And then Moses, his servant. And then we turn to chapter 15 of Exodus. Verse 20 is where we pick it up, where we find this incredible song by Miriam. Then Miriam the prophetess took a tambourine in her hand and all the women followed her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. The horse and its riders he has hurled into the sea. And the rest of the song, essentially she's saying, we were supposed to be dead. But God saved us. We are not even supposed to be here. But God made it possible for us to be here. Anybody uh, resonate with that this morning? I know for a fact that there are a couple folks in here for whom this is literally true. Many of us sit here and kind of go, oh yeah, you know, if not for God, I wouldn't be. There are a couple folks in here for whom literally physically, if not for God, I would not be here today. Then a chapter and a half later, 
We find this in Exodus 16, verse 1. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In verse 2, in the desert, the whole community... Everybody say the following word with me. No, like, say it like you, you know, like you mean it. They... No, like, you, you know, how you do it. So they grumbled against Moses and Aaron. You've heard me say this before. It's one thing to get out of Egypt. It's another thing to get Egypt out of you. See, there's the challenge of the Christian life. It's one thing to be set free from sin and death. It's another thing to live free. See, it's another thing to be declared in Christ a new creation. It's another thing entirely to live our lives in light of that reality. I don't know about you, but 2016, I need to lean hard into the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me. And through his resurrection power empowers me to overcome sin. Otherwise, I'm dead meat. Anybody else relate? Let's remember, we have this wonderful gift of salvation, whereby Christ we are set free and declared new creation. Another thing entirely through grace-driven effort to live into that reality. In verse 3, the Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Church family, one of the dangers of reading the Bible is to think that the stories that we read is about somebody else's story. One of the dangers of reading the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, is that it's about somebody else's story. God intervened, and they're supposed to be dead, but they're alive. And they put their trust in God. But a chapter and a half later, they're grumbling, they're complaining, they're doubting. And it's easy for you and me to go, it's their story. It's easy for us to go, after what they had experienced, how could they possibly doubt God? How could they possibly complain? How could they possibly, what more could God do to show that God is for them, God's on their side? But church, there's a little bit of me in that story. There's a little bit of you in that story. There's a little bit of us in that story. See, God takes care of me. God provides for me. God covers for me when I blow it again and again and again. I have seen God rescue. I have seen God deliver. I have seen God show up and do something where I know it's God. But a chapter and a half later, I'm grumbling. A chapter and a half later, I'm complaining. A chapter and a half later, I am doubting. I know I'm all alone here. There's a little bit of you in that story. (laughs) Say it. 
there's a lot of you and a lot of me in that story. This is the reason why. One of the central commands, not a suggestion advice, it's a command of the Torah. The first five books of the Torah to the Jewish people was this word, zakar, which meant remember. One of the central commands to the people of God throughout the Bible is remember, zakar. Why? Because what happens in our hearts when we don't remember is we what? Say it. We forget. We forget about all the ways in which God intervened. We forget how it is that we're still here. We forget how it is that we're still standing. We forget how it is that our marriage is still intact. We forget how it is that we have life and breath. We forget. And that's why central to the people of God through scriptures is this command, Zakar, to live the full life that God intends for you and me. It is imperative. Scripture says over and over again that you and I remember. Do you have any idea how often the Bible says, remember, remember, remember? Here's some Here's some examples. First Chronicles 16, 12. Remember, let's read it together. Let's read it together. These verses are new to many of you. So let's read it together. Ready? Remember the wondrous works that God has done. His miracles and the judgments he ordered. Psalm 17, 11, 1, 11. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. And Psalm 103, 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And in the New Testament, this is how critical this is. One of the central ministries of the Holy Spirit is, guess what? To help us remember. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You think it's important to remember? Church? A couple of reasons real quick why remembering is so important. We move on. Number one, remembering what God has done in the past is vital to living by faith in the future. Now, this is such a simple, common sense insight. I feel foolish sharing it, but I just need to say it, okay? We all know that the essence of the Christian life is living by faith. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, and on and on and on. And many of us think that a person of faith somehow is more spiritual than other people and somehow is able to muster up some faith. And do you realize that maybe, just maybe, having faith or being abandoned one man of faith has nothing to do with us being more spiritual than other people. Maybe those are people who are just really, really good and disciplined at what? Remember. Can I say that again? I want to just strip away all mystery. See, many of us go, oh man, she's a man of faith. Oh man, he is a man of faith. They must have. Maybe what they have that you and I lack is that they're really, really good and intentional about remembering. Remembering. And here's the incredible thing that I want to drive home this Sunday and next Sunday. Do you realize that God has given us a treasure trove 
of acts in the past. Do you realize in scripture, God has given us a treasure trove of the ways in which he has acted in the past. This is the reason why the correlation of someone who knows the word, we talk about who knows the word, and being a man and one of faith, may be a person who says, I will remember, I will remember, I will remember what God has done in the past, remember how God has acted in the past. Maybe it is when we saturate ourselves and devour his word and remember how God has acted in the past. You and I have confidence to live by faith in the future. It is going to be vital in 2016 for you and I to remember. Why? You will have no ability to forgive someone who wrongs you unless you remember that you have been forgiven. That's why every Sunday I force you and I point you to the cross. If you do not remember every second moment of your life, you will have no ability to forgive someone around you. You and I will have no power or motivation to live radically sacrificial lives. You will be challenged throughout this year to radically sacrificially lay down your life. You will not have the power motivation until you remember the ultimate sacrifice of Christ. You and I will have no power to love, very difficult to love people. Can I, can I get an amen? Very difficult to love people until we remember that we love because he first loved I could keep going remember secondly remembering what God has done in the past is vital for a life of gratitude (laughs) I'm just going to talk about myself for a second okay because I struggle with this see here's what happens when I forget when I forget, when hard times hit, when things go wrong, when things don't go as planned, when they say no, when God closes doors, when I, go through, when I go through hard things, what happens when I forget, it's just me, is that I grumble and I complain. And it's just me, just me. I start making a list of all the things that I wish I had. I know no one else could relate. Just me. I start making a list of all the things that I, and something in me says this my life will be so much better if I had this my life will be so much better if I had that and my heart begins to become angry, resentful, bitter, jealous and impatient and all the things that God hasn't given and here's the thing about that list that I make of all the things that I don't have, all the things that God hasn't given. That list is endless. That list is exhaustive. That list is infinite. It never ends. And if you're like me, you get fixated on here's what I don't have. Here's what God hasn't done. And my heart begins to say things like, God, do you even care? God, where are you? God, aren't you going to show up and do this and do that? Anybody been there? Hmm. Some of y'all are sitting right now going, I know about that list, man. See, King David who wrote a number of psalms, he could relate. 
one of his psalms is Psalm 13, 1. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts every day, have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes and I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. See, I just want to say real quick, particularly for those of you that might not consider yourself a Christian, sometimes there's this lie in the Christian community that says that good Christians don't question God. Good Christians don't doubt God. Good Christians don't wrestle with God. The problem with that is you can't reconcile that with Scripture. You have the Son of God saying at His last hour, why? Why? Have you forsaken me? But listen to what King David does in verse 5. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. God, how long? God, I'm in pain. God, I'm hurting. Do you hear me? And then we see, but I trust in your unfailing love. Rejoice. Where does he get that? Verse 6. I will sing to the Lord. For he has been good to me. What's he doing? How long? God, I'm in pain. Do you hear me? Do you love me? Are you listening? Long list. But I will trust you. I'll rejoice in my salvation. How? I'll remember. You've been good. You and I, as we enter 2016, have a choice. We have a choice. You could be overcome with greed. Or we can choose gratitude. You have a choice. Don't you dare sit there and fool yourself into thinking, I have a choice, man. I'm just wired this way. I'm just not a grateful person. I'm just cynical. I'm just pessimistic. I know half of y'all are like that, Okay. Because your pastor's like that too. You have a choice. You could be overcome with greed. What do I mean? My heart could be filled with, I wish I had more. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. God, you robbed me. God, you owe me. Or you could choose gratitude. God, you've been good to me. And for some of us, It's going to require thinking maybe just of one thing. Just one thing. Just one thing and saying, I will remember you've been good to me. I choose gratitude. Say, Peter, where do you get the power to do that? Well, you get it from the gospel. 
The gospel fuels his life of gratitude. I continue to remind all of us that one of the telltale signs, I'm telling one of the telltale signs of someone who has embraced the gospel, of someone whose gospel has penetrated their hearts, is a life of gratitude. The Apostle Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. How? How? When things are going bad, when things are good, how do you give thanks in all circumstances? It's recognizing, please listen, it's recognizing that a life of gratitude don't come by having more things. Life of gratitude doesn't come because experiences and circumstances work our own ways and in the ways that we want. Gratitude comes from being more aware of God's presence and God's goodness in our lives. And for many of us, it takes discipline. This is the reason why it requires faith. It takes discipline to go, I will remember you have been good to me. Come on now. And the way that the gospel fuels is this. It's recognizing that, yes, every good and perfect gift is from above. That any good that is in our lives is not a result of our merit or effort, but because of God's goodness. Because the moment, I am telling you right now, the moment that you think that any good in your life, my life, is a result of our merit, our goodness, our resourcefulness, we immediately then become thinking like, I'm entitled to that. And the moment that you think you're entitled to anything good in your life is the moment that you stop being grateful because none of us in here can be grateful for something that we think we're entitled to. And the bigger the sense of entitlement, the smaller the sense of gratitude. Come on. How many of us sit here this morning? Hey, I opened with... Exit. How many of you sit here this morning going, God, I, I could honestly say I would not be standing here today had it not been for you. This is the reason why psalmist, I love this, forget not all his benefits. Say it with me. Forget not all his benefits. Whose benefits? Whose benefits? His. Do you realize what that means? Any benefit or good in our lives is a result of His benefits, who Christ is and what He has done. Not because we earned it. Not because we worked for it. And not because we deserve it. The gospel is the only thing, the gospel is the only thing that will humble you and me out of this deep sense of entitlement. I deserve this. I, you own me. And free us to live a life of gratitude. You will not always feel grateful. You got to choose it daily. You will not always feel. Some of y'all sitting here right now. I don't feel grateful. Because I got this list. What will you choose? Greed? Here's what I don't have or will you choose gratitude so here's what we do every year on this sunday there's a bunch of rocks that are up here and by the way i went to home depot and i found really good rocks this year man these are i almost didn't want to share them with y'all so they're really really good rocks they actually look like real bedrock river rocks although they were like manufactured in mexico somewhere is what i saw here's why we do this okay in the old testament 
and I was going to read the scripture, but for sake of time, because I want other people to talk, I get to talk every week. Every, every time God does something miraculous, he tells the nation of Israel what? Build an altar. Build an altar. Why? He says, I need you to remember what I just did. I need you to remember my provision. I need you to remember my faithfulness. I need you to remember my deliverance. So he says, build an altar. So that every time you see it, you go, you've been good to me. Some of you all, you're going, but I don't want to remember. Why? Because you're still going through some hard times. Your testimony is not one of... He has delivered me so that here's why I need you to remember. You ready? Look up here, please. Here's the reason why I need you to remember. Because I need you to remember how you sensed God in the midst of it. Here's why I need you to remember, even though things aren't quite where they need to be. I need to remember the people that God sent around in your life to sustain you through. Here's why I need you to remember, even though it's been hard and there's been no deliverance or answer prayer, because I need you to remember. This is hard. Because I need you to remember that through it, God is making you more like his son, Jesus. And some of us need to be reminded today, God's ultimate aim is not our comfort. God's ultimate aim is that we be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. Now, that takes maturity for some of us that go... He is making me more like him. I see a side of him I didn't see before. Why do we do it publicly? And I'm done in one minute. Because you and I, human, we universalize our experiences. Do you know what I mean? We go, I went through that. And I felt like God wasn't there, so God isn't there for anybody. We fall into this prison of universalizing experiences. I went through that, God didn't do that, so God's... And the reality is that language creeps in like God won't, God doesn't, God can't. And the way to be free from that is to hear what? Testimonies and stories of your brothers and sisters who go, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, God did this for me. What? Yeah. And God, so my own event experiences, no. That's the reason why communally, corporately, hearing the stories of God and the way that God is at work in your life is critical so that we can be set free from this prison of going, God did this? Everybody. God doesn't do that? So um, here's uh, just real quick. And Grace, you can come on up and help me out. Um, we do have just a handful of ground rules, okay, for this. And the ground rules are simple. Ground rules are we ask that you keep it short because we want to hear from many people, okay? We keep it short. What's short, Peter? Ah, two to three minutes. Okay? We don't need to hear your, well, I'm from Ohio. It's okay. We don't need to know where you're from, okay? And I don't know why I said Ohio. <laughs> of all the states, I could have been like, I'm from Hawaii. That would have been cooler. But anyway, we don't want to hear where you're from. 
we love you, but we don't. Um, and, and secondly, we, we, we want you as, as, as much as possible to go directly to how you have seen God at work. Okay? We don't need lots of context, if you will. That's what I'm saying. Secondly, we also need you to keep it Christ-focused. Okay? Like, we don't like it in our church when people talk about themselves too much, you know? It's just church culture. We need you to talk about Jesus. What do I mean? As much as you can, continue to point people, your brothers and sisters, to Jesus and who he is and what he has done. Okay? That's all. That's all we ask that you do. So um, I I, uh, want to ask whoever wants to come on up and uh, share your story. And as a parting gift for your willingness to participate in this event, uh, please do take one of these rocks and put it somewhere this year where you can see it regularly. On your desk, on your bedside, in your office, somewhere where every day you could see it and go, yeah, 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 I remember that. He has been good to me. Okay? And uh, we'll do this as much as time allows. Good morning, church. Wow, that's loud. Uh, I'm normally up here attempting to make music. Uh, I want to testify today. Um, I'm going to try to keep it short, Peter. Uh, Peter, worship team, a number of people here know that I was struggling with uh, unemployment for a long time. And uh, it became apparent to me at the beginning of this year that it was specifically because there was an area of my life where I was not letting God reign. Hmm. And he let it go on longer and longer and took away more and more things until that finally became apparent. And the only thing that was sustaining me was the church. Every other door Hmm. was closed. And I I was sitting in my apartment with an eviction notice in my hand. Uh, He spoke to me as clearly as I can ever remember and basically said, you know, you know what you need to do. On one hand, there's blessing. On the other hand, there's death and cursing. Choose. And, uh, you know, I finally obeyed him and he uh, turned my life around the next day. Next day I had a job off a phone interview from people who had never seen me. And I'm still working there. Um, he, uh, and then he re-equipped me for what he was telling me to do. He wasn't saying just walk away from something. He was turning me to something else. And uh, he has blessed me in that endeavor. Family life has improved. So I just want to say that he is uh, indeed faithful. Um, and also as a very small side note that I didn't get the Old Testament when I first became a Christian. The older and more mature I get, the more of an Israelite I see in the mirror. And uh, the more important all those, what I used to think were just Bible stories, are to actually integrate into our lives as a practice. Because as horrifying as it can be, we're really like that. We lose sight of Christ so easily. And uh, I just want to give him the praise and the, and the honor and the glory for uh, continuing to seek after me. Amen. For Amen. being so diligent as to chastise me because yeah. he loved me. Yeah. So, praise him. Amen. Thank you, brother. 
Thank you, Darius. Thank you. Hi, I'm Cole. Um, and so I have been over the past five years or so working on relationships. Um, so very damaged through abuse, through manipulation, uh, emotional, physical, sexual. And so I had, I struggle very much with making people angry with me. And I don't have the courage very often to say what I really think. And so I, I found out that the cousin who abused me also abused my three other cousins because I didn't have the courage to speak. And so I felt through lots of prayer the need to write an open letter to my family to let them know because I started to have panic attacks thinking about what if he got to my children. Mm. And so I, God has allowed people in my life who, my husband, um, my father, who I wasn't able to talk to about these things, but through some miracle he found Christ and has made huge changes in his life. Yeah. So, um, and then my grandmother who, who also found the courage to back me in this. And so there are people in my family who are very angry about this, but I, there's so much prayer and so much support from it that I just know that, you know, it was definitely very Christ-centered in that now my two cousins who couldn't speak up now have the ability to, and a third cousin is still struggling, but, you know, we're, we're moving forward, you know, and we're, we're pushing through it. And, you know, there's only because God allows, allows hard things to happen. And you can either face them or you can run away from them. Yeah. And uh, I'm so grateful for the people who he's put in my life to help me through it. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. appreciate you guys church this perfectly appropriate response when we clap we're not clapping for people sharing we're clapping for the work of God in people's lives perfectly appropriate um, I'm terrified to be up here because I hate speaking in front of people and I hate microphones but um, I felt like it was God is really putting on my heart to share um, I've struggled with so much anger and bitterness in my life because of different things that have happened, different broken relationships, sexual abuse, um, jealousy, so much. And I allowed that bitterness and anger to invade my life and take over. And it almost destroyed my marriage. Um, Thankfully, I'm married to a wonderful man who is patient and loving and Christ-centered. And uh, through his patience and love, through the patience and love of friends and family, especially in this church, through encouragement, although I still struggle daily with anger and depression and bitterness, I'm still here. Thank God. So... Over there, he's that one. I love microphones. This one's really loud. Most of you know who I am. Tell us your name. I, anyway. I, 
Tell us who you are. I'm Tom, and I've lived in Ohio. <laughs> um, I, I think it's because I talked to Kimmy this so, morning. So remember, I lived on a commune in Ohio, and we cut cordwood for the city of Columbus and sold hardwoods to uh, North Carolina furniture factories. That was in another life. Anyway, I see, and I have learned, uh, I've been on a long journey, seven, ten years, and God works through Jesus to work through people. Yes, he does. And this has happened in my life. Yes, and a lot does. of you are here. Yes, he does. Uh, I am full of gratitude today. And I, I do need to remember, um, you know, I lived, I walked in the desert in this town alone, uh, careless and, and with no self-esteem and no self-respect. And things are changing for me. They're changing slowly. Yeah. Uh, and they're not quite changing in my time the way I want them yeah. to. Um, and getting a stronger understanding of the gospel uh, is, is working on my patience. I, I'm not doing the work I should do, but the gospel is, is here for me. And I have a place that I need to be on Sunday. Yes. And it's not out pulling aluminum cans or sobering up. It's here at New Community. Yes. Praise God. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Um, well, as you can notice, um, I'm not from here, and if it wouldn't be for God, I wouldn't be here. Uh, I passed by a dessert, a dessert, dessert, <laughs> sorry, um, during a year. I couldn't find work, and then I decided to start uh, step by step, but it was because God told me to do that. I needed to learn a lot of things, and He teach me how. Then um, I was looking for a work abroad, and the first option was China, but then I didn't feel peace inside of me. And then when I went to my church in my hometown, I heard God telling me, this is not the time. This is not your time. You don't have to go. Mm. And I was just going to sign that contract. So I just regret, and I wait for a little more time. Um, I found a job here in Chicago, and then they interviewed me, and I just prayed, prayed at that time to God for that job. And they said um, that I was not the person that they wanted in, in the work here. And then I just cried like a day, but I just told God, like, where you want me to be and where you want me to do to honor you, is the place that I, I really need to be. Mm -hmm. And then I just had to wait like for 21 days and they interviewed me once again. I did, they told me the same day that I was accepted. And everything after that, like getting the, per the papers to come here, getting the place where I live in and the people that is helping me here and even in my job, everything is... is by his glory, I mean, mm. it's, it's everything him, and, mm. and I, I just wanted to tell you the time and why 
when I started, he didn't tell me yes mm. because he's always working on our patience mm. and on, on our obe- obedience. So that's pretty important as well to get our our treasures, our what we really want. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hi, I'm uh, Ryan. Um, this summer was kind of a hard summer for me. Uh, had some illness in my family, um, some that got better, some that didn't. Um, and I think up to this point in my life, I've lived a pretty privileged life, So, but I still get anxious for some reason. So um, I really, there's not much to say other than I just really experienced uh, like being sustained uh, from God, both through prayer, through um, my church friends, things like that. So um, I think that's something I really need to remember moving forward. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, good morning. My name is Carlton. Um, Usually I'm leading worship and this particular weekend I was actually supposed to be in California on vacation. I was supposed to be somewhere in the desert in 70 degrees. Uh, But as the Holy Spirit would have it, I'm here. And um, if anybody has ever given a testimony before, you know that um, when God is speaking to you, typically your heart begins to race, your palms get all sweaty. You're like, Lord, is this you? Is this me? Who is this? So from the time I was about 13 until I think about 33 or so, I was a sexual deviant. And I mean that sex with women, sex with men, men and women together. And it went on for a very long time, a long time until... The truth is, God just delivered me. You know, it was, um, it was something that had to be broken in my life. And I'd never, ever spoken about it to people here in New Community until about a year and a half ago in my small group, Dan Dan Radakovich's group. And the reason I'd never spoken about it is because I was so ashamed. But the Bible says that, therefore, there is no condemnation. That's right. That's right. For those who are in Christ Jesus. Somebody said to me once, I've always wondered why it is that you praise and you, you worship so hard. Because the truth is, it's a fight every day. Every day it's a fight. See, we make choices. God has given us free will. And he's given us free choice. So I choose to live a life that is holy, that is acceptable, and that is blameless. And in doing that, I do not fault anybody else for what they do. But I will always be honest and tell the truth. If that is not God, that is not God. And I will say that. Why? Because 
I remember what God has done for me. I've had two cousins that have died from AIDS, too. And it killed my family. Killed them. And I said, God, that's not my story. That's not my ending. My friend Lamar wrote a song once that says, I don't care what it looks like because I know what the end is going to be. So whatever it looks like now, whatever this is right now, remember in the end, we win because Christ will return. But while we're here on earth, we have to remember. We have to make choices. So I would say this in closing. Continue to pray for me. As my grandmother used to say, pray my strength in the Lord. Some of y'all black folks, maybe some white folks know that too. Yeah. <laughs> that we will all continue to stay strong. And if you want to talk to me about that, talk to me. Don't talk to each other about it. Talk to me about it. Let me make it plain. Talk to me about it. I love you, church. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jess. Um, I was debating whether to come up here, but then uh, Cece talked about a racing heart and sweaty palms. Um, as uh, many of you who are close to me know, my father is an alcoholic, and it's created a lot of pain in my family. It got really bad this year, and it almost destroyed my parents' marriage. And I was not looking forward to going home for Christmas. But this is the first year in a while that we had a peaceful Christmas. There were no arguments. There was no alcohol. I could see love in their marriage. And it just gives me hope for their future. And so I have to remember his faithfulness. I have to remember that hymn that we sang this morning. So thank you for the uh, people who've been praying for my family and for me. Um, It's amazing to see how God works. So thank you. I knew I'd be speaking today, so prepare to serve. Um... You need to do something. What? Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's cold up here. I'm angry. And I'm scared. You know, I get to the end of the year, and usually it's, where did my year go? Um, what happened? You know, what did I accomplish? What did I, you know? I know... 
我卖一万的钱。In April, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and through that month, it was a process of biopsies and scans to figure out how far and what. So we started at stage two. By the end of the month, I'm at stage four, and then May 20th is the first day of chemo, cycle one, day one. And then two months later, July 17th, I get a call that I'm in complete remission. And then, what is it? November fourth was the first day I didn't need to go to a hospital to do something medical, something tests, no chemo, no Doctor Nand, no no hospital nurses that I've gotten to know. I know everybody at my hospital, and I haven't seen them for a couple months, and it's been great. But I'm really angry with God, and I'm really scared because I am still in the middle of this. Last week, I had my first freak-out moment because I felt something that felt very sim- similar to a symptom before, and. Because of where I was staged, I still have a high reoccurrence rate, and it's possible. But I keep speaking that it won't, and I wonder why God put me through this. Because this was not a decision that I made. This was something that happened to me, and I am angry and scared. I、uh, I do feel entitled. I feel entitled to health. I'm a white man who is half Latino, and I get to play both of those cards. <laughs> and I've never had anything bad happen to me. Nothing. And you have to understand, Hodgkin's is such a minor cancer in the spectrum of cancers. That it's almost like a bad cold. It takes work to get through it, but they cure this cancer. They talk about it right away. And recently, we've had two very different narratives in our church. And I wonder why mine is mine. Why test me? Why put me through something that's so minor in that world? And yet, such a big deal to me.、Um, I am grateful, but I also am very bitter, and I have my moments where each day I feel both. Yeah. 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 And I rail against what happened. 
and against the fear that's going to follow me for the next few years of my life when I feel my neck or I feel something or I'm wondering. And the constant reminders of going to the hospital less frequently, but more frequently than I'd like. I'm not going to be able to do this praising God thing for another couple of years because I'm not going to see, I don't see the changes right now. I don't see the test. I don't see why yet. But I do know that he reigns. Yes, I do know that, and I've always known that, but I am angry with him, because he reigns, but I still had to do this. I'm grateful to you, church, to you, family, for having been there, for praying for me, for thinking about me. Um, this is going to keep happening in our church. And I will be here to talk to you about it. This will keep happening. Um, Yeah, it's been a long year. Yeah, I don't know where to go from there. I think you're done preaching. I mean, I have other notes, but it's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Jamelin. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm dating Brian. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, 2015 has been a long year. Um, and I wanted to say something related but independent as well. Um, I was reflecting on 2015 and reflecting on how and when I have felt God's presence strongest in my life. And I'm reminded of 2004, 2006, 2012, and 2015. All are very challenging years for me for different reasons, but in that challenge, it brought me so much closer to God and my family closer to God. And just the lessons that I've learned from those experiences travel with me for the next experience, for the next year. Um, and so for this past year, you just heard Brian's story and I got to walk alongside him as that happened. And his story is his story. But with my story, too, my job changed right before Brian went through his ordeal, and I'm just amazed at God and how he orchestrated events so meticulously according to his glory. And, um, I mean, praise to him that I landed in an amazing job in the right time after kind of Brian was exiting his story, I could more fully jump into my job and just praise God for that flexibility for support in my family with my coworkers, and just feeling such fulfillment in the skills that God had given me to give back in a meaningful way but um, 2015's come to a close for me with that particular story of waiting on God and seeing his faithfulness so incredibly clearly not being able to write my own story better 
and that I know 2015 is going to happen again in the future in some capacity. And my encouragement to all of you is challenges will come, whether by your choice, by your circumstances, by somebody close to you, but that God is always faithful. And we may not get the outcomes. We may not have the deliverance at the end of our story that we crave, not in our time, but in his. And we may not get to, it may not be until we're on the other side of glory where we fully understand. But God is still faithful, and he will be faithful. I'm hoping 2016 is a great year, but if it's another year full of challenge, I know that God will be right there too. So my challenge to all of you is remember the challenges, but remember and see God's presence and clarity in those challenges too, and then share with others, because we all learn from these challenges, and that helps us be a better support to each other. So I love you, family. I've been here since 2011, and... I'm just amazed to be a part of this. So thank you again for all your support, and I look forward to also supporting you in the year ahead. So you standing in the middle of the aisles. So. Kind of hard to miss. A big a guy. Bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Same. Larry. Larry. Okay. So you got the last word, Larry, okay? I'll do you proud. Okay. Okay, all right. The first thing that comes to my mind when I'm sitting in the pews here is how God has been faithful in putting in Peter's heart and the congregation's heart to share their stories, to share the things that have really been painful, that have been challenging, and also showing that there's hope hope for the conditions and hope that God reveals himself within their hearts to show how he's going to be faithful and I took first I want to uh, applaud Christ for that because it's very seldom that I'm within a church where everyone shares so much about the areas that they feel broken and feel so dark But the other thing that came to my mind is that in, in 2014 was a very challenging year. My father was diagnosed with dementia. Um, I was ending a very serious relationship uh, with a woman that I was with for three and a half years. And I remember praying to God for a partner a partner who would navigate these difficult circumstances with me so I wouldn't feel so alone. And almost a year later, he answered that call. He brought me Jessica. And he's shown his faithfulness with unwavering love, her patience, her thoughtfulness and I praise him for that because he gave me what I was needing and craving and looking for the other thing I thank God for is the fact that I still have a father although life is different now and that things will get worse over time 
I'm faithful in knowing that whatever happens is for his glory. And that I know that he won't forsake me. I know that he's always been with me in all these trying times. And what I'm grateful for is that each time that I reach out to him, whether it be a request for patience, a request for wisdom, which I seem to do a lot, and a request for peace, he meets me in that call. It's not always in my time, but it's on time. So I'm thankful for the relationship that I've developed with him, and I'm thankful for the way that he's made his presence known. Because without him, I have no idea where I would be. Thank you. I want us to read this psalm together as our prayer, Psalm 13. You'll see the passage up there. And man, maybe this will be our anchoring verse or verses for some of us. Psalm 13, 1. Let's read this together. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice But I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. Say that again. For he has been good to me. Say that again. For he has been good to me. For you are good. For you are good, for you are good to me. Sing that again. For you are good, for you are good, for you are good to me. Sing it again. For you are, yes, you are. For you. For you are good to me. For you are For you are For you are good to me. Carry that with you. Carry that with you, my brothers and my sisters, every single day this year choose to remember choose to remember